Blog Talk Radio. Reach the eye. Pull up right there. You got it. Renegade. Why? Radio. I am Old Head and New Jack. Swinging on the... Forbidden Archaeology. Forgotten History. Divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Here and we are your hosts on Main Street Universe Radio Network tonight. On our last show, we discussed the distinction between duality consciousness and unity consciousness, and how these states of consciousness are mirrored to us in all facets of our lives, from the reflection we may see in another's eyes to the earth changes and social unrest we are currently witnessing. Tonight, we will be discussing how we move from a philosophical understanding and recognition of our co-created reality into direct action, solidarity, and service, where the power lies. I'd like to start by reading a short excerpt from a book called Gifts from a Course in Miracles. This world is full of miracles. They stand in shining silence next to every dream of pain and suffering, of sin and guilt. They are the dreamer's alternative, the choice to be the dreamer, rather than deny the active role in making up the dream. Let's take a moment to reflect on those words. I'll read them once again. The world is full of miracles. They stand in shining silence next to every dream of pain and suffering, of sin and guilt. They are the dreamer's alternative, the choice to be the dreamer, rather than deny the active role in making up the dream. I'm going to take three words from this statement and repeat them in this order. Choice, action, miracles. Feel free to repeat these words as a mantra, either silently or out loud, choice, action, miracles, choice, action, miracles. Allow these simple words to fully incubate, choice, action, miracles. Don't think too hard about what this means to you or could mean for the rest of humanity. Rather, allow the words to become a feeling within your heart, with each palpable breath alive and blossoming into full expression and potential. Throughout our discussion, we will repeat this mantra several more times. Place within us where there is perfect peace, where nothing is impossible. To arrive at this place requires no special permit, 
it doesn't require accumulation of spiritual knowledge or how long we can sit in a meditation, for example. It requires no intellectual reasoning, pontificating deductive logic, theories, or beliefs. For none of these things matter unless we are already at peace, unless the life that we are living allows us to both give and receive joy, love, and a sense of fulfillment. How, you might ask, does one give joy or a sense of fulfillment? Well, the answer to that is living your soul's purpose. Or in the words of the great prophet Edgar Cayce, to live according to the secret self's ideal. Simply stated, this is the idea that each one of us were born to fulfill a specific purpose or a mission, if you will big or small. We all have a job to do. We all matter. And there is a mutual reason for fulfilling the purpose or job we were born to do. When we are in resistance to that or in denial of our secret self's ideal, we are left, left instead with a life that doesn't work. When we are living our life according to our soul's mission, then peace, love, joy, and a sense of fulfillment are innate. And we, in turn, without much effort, become a beacon of light to the rest of the world, which is how peace and love flourish. We become a walking, living, breathing reflection of light, inspiring countless other souls to access their true potential. We awaken within, within them the memory of who they really are by living our truth, our ideal, not by force, but by showing them that one can make the choice, the choice to be the dreamer. That we have the choice to create a beautiful dream and that we are powerful co-creators of reality, capable of creating and manifesting miracles. We need not live according to someone else's rules by an enculturation process, plan, or agenda. For a life that works means that you love yourself, you love life, and you love other people, and that you are loved back. A life that works means waking up each day with joy in the work to be done. Choice, action, miracle choice, action, miracles. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to play this song off our EP called Wild Love. I hope you enjoy.
welcome back and blessings to all of you. For those of you who are just tuning in, we have been discussing the nature of our soul's mission and a choice to heed the call or refuse it and the consequence of our choice and actions. Throughout tonight's show, we have been inserting the mantra choice, action, miracles and taking a moment of silence to feel and experience these words. I'll say them again. Choice, action, miracles. Choice, action, miracles. I'd like to also repeat some of the statements that I made right before we took the break so that those of you who are tuning in can hear them. I feel that they are important. We have the choice to create a beautiful dream. And we are powerful co-creators of reality, capable of creating and manifesting miracles. We need not live according to someone else's rules, enculturation, plan, or agenda. For a life that works means that you love yourself, you love life, and you love other people, and that you are loved back. A life that works means waking up each day with joy in the work to be done, choice, action, miracles. If the choice is refusal of our soul's mission, then hell is the price to pay. And again, we will spin around the wheel of samsara, living an unfulfilled life, a life that doesn't work. Let us define more clearly what a life that doesn't work represents. Complacency, apathy, denial, Fear, dissension, greed, manipulation, possessiveness, selfishness, and concern for only one's own welfare with no regard for others. No matter how good our lives look on the outside, materialistically, if we are living our lives from this state of consciousness, then it's doomed to fail, crash, or burn. Life then very quickly becomes a runaway train. Eventually, one way or another, we have to confront that which is our shadow. For those who have no recognition of this, living for the well-being of only themselves, consciously or unconsciously, blindly living the illusion that their life is working for them, are in for an extremely painful outcome. Many of these people are our so-called leaders, politicians, the corporate elite, lobbyists, power brokers, and they have intentionally set out to perpetuate and protect an agenda. They have done a masterful job of creating what we say is mass hypnosis, rendering many of us inert, docile, completely distracted, fixated, and addicted to narcissism. However, the tides are turning. Things are happening more quickly than ever before, and the reverberations and repercussions are being felt the world over, and people are starting to finally get shaken up. I would like to elaborate on the use of the term shadow. I think it's important to examine and define terms that may have multiple meanings and interpretations, especially those that have become somewhat weighted 
by cultural and religious assignments. When we refer to the term shadow as in opposition to light, the terms are not synonymous with good and evil. Shadow implies not only darkness, but that which is hidden or obscured. It is an oversimplification to assume that because a shadow is dark, it is therefore inherently evil and is something to be avoided and even shunned. I propose that this very tendency to run and hide from our own shadows that is what has left us in this predicament. And it is a story that has been masterfully programmed into our collective subconscious. We fear to look into those dark places within ourselves, and we cower in seeing the reflection of the shadow in the horrifying acts of others, acts such as greed, murder, torture, rape, and genocide. Best not to think of those things, we often say. Focus instead on the light. What we often overlook is that each of us has our own shadow that has a voice of its own, and this voice is one of the keys to healing the wounds of this past age. Remember the scene in Star Wars where Luke Skywalker sees this dark, scary-looking cave? Thank you, Joseph Campbell, for the amazing modern mythos. So Luke is in the Dagobah system, and he's begun his Jedi training with the master teacher, teacher Yoda. He stands outside the cave and says, there's something not right. I feel cold. And Yoda replies, that place is strong with the dark side of the force. The domain of evil it is. In you must go. What's in there, Luke says. Only what you take with you. Your weapons, you will not need them. I honestly wish I could do a better Yoda impression, but I will spare you the, um, the impersonation. <laughs> um, beside that, though, uh, Luke, at, that, at which point, uh, enters the subterranean cave and meets all sorts of slithering reptiles before being confronted with the image of Darth Vader. The two have a battle, and Luke severs the head of Vader, only to find that Vader is actually himself staring back at him. So when we enter the darkness within ourselves, we confront our shadow selves. In doing so, your shadow will reveal to you your deepest, darkest fears. It will reflect back to you madness, terror, defeat, anger, and all the pains that you have endured. As in Star Wars, this is an initiatory process. We may not be training to be Jedi, per se, but we are certainly enter entering into uncharted territory as we stand upon the brink of chaos in our world. How are we to confront the challenges of our current collective state if we are still afraid of our own shadow? When will we stop being afraid of the dark? And what will it take to integrate these darker aspects of ourselves? Choice, action, miracles. And we're going to play a song for you now. And this is a draft recording, so there it is. Of stars on a cosmic sea of love. 
And tyrannical action is the shadow consciousness in its worst form left unchecked. When left unchecked, it's capable of becoming a monster. The shadow fears death, its mortality, its impermanence, and therefore in its wrath and fury is projected outward to the use of excessive force, violence, and any means by which it can gain control and momentum. It falls into and believes in the illusion of samsara, and so desperately clings to it, it takes on its own identity, much like Jekyll's transformed personality into Hyde, who is effectively a sociopath, evil, self-indulgent, and utterly uncaring to anyone but himself. Again, I wish to make clear that we are not saying the shadow in and of itself is bad or evil, but left unchecked or denied, the shadow finds its way out, and it mirrors the most hideous aspects of our collective egoic state. For ages it has come out, in different but familiar ways, and it goes by many names. History is replete with these identities, such as Julius Caesar, Adolf Hitler, Saddam Hussein, to name a few. These sociopathic figures are highly influential and extremely dangerous because they prey on our fear. This fear justifies racism, genocide, terrorism, murder, torture, destruction, tyranny, gluttony, and excess. But eventually Rome burns. The current social issues we are witnessing are a perpetuation of a leverage for power by the use of control and dominance and affect a mirroring of the collective shadow of our society. We are being forced to see ourselves in all aspects, and it ain't pretty. So while on the surface we see incidences like Ferguson as an act of racism, which no doubt that is operating, it is also a much larger issue beyond just racism. Until we come to terms and an understanding of the collective role in the playing out of polarity, we will continue to see this uprising of the shadow. In some sense, and this might be a little out there for some people to grasp, and I say this carefully, for I do not wish to trivialize the situation, but it often takes incidences such as these, like Ferguson, extreme acts of hatred and violence to shake us out of slumber, to move us into action. Now, I know that some spiritualists will say that protesting against something, rioting and taking to the streets are not solutions. I would like to suggest that while I would never advocate rioting or violence, I see the reactions that are happening across the nation right now as an inevitable part of a purging, if you will. We are being shaken up and confronted with that which is hardest to see, that we all have the blood on our hands. So what can we do about all of this? How do we move forward and hold ourselves and others accountable? We will answer this question after this short break. Remember, choice, action, miracles. Again, choice, action, and on to a song. Yeah. Standing on 
that maybe um, didn't like callers in it. That, um, that the last three songs were originals of ours. Okay. Um, and you said you wanted me to invite Colin. Uh, we're just going to talk a little bit. Talk about um, anybody else has stories that they want to share up there. everyone and thanks for listening to Main Street Universe Radio Network. We are Woven Green and the last 
few songs you've been listening to have been original songs of ours, and you can definitely jump on our website to learn more about us, wovengreenmusic.com. And I would actually like to share a story with you all. Um, Yesterday, I awoke, and I went through my normal morning routine. I was perusing through the news feed on my Facebook account, and I felt bombarded by a series of intense emotional reactions. First, I read an article about the CIA-sanctioned torture program, and I literally started to cry as I was reading this. I went on to read about how Apache lands were recently just sold to a foreign mining corporation, just when it seemed that no more could be taken from a broken and defeated people who have been subject to ethnocide since white people set foot on their lands. Add to the mix the many accounts of police brutality cropping up all over the Internet. I was overwhelmed as I went through a series of emotions, outrage, anger, sadness. I decided to allow myself to feel the fullness of each emotion and not push it away. I spent the day meditating on oppression and slavery, murder and genocide, wars and greed. After cycling through a very long list of dark visions and heavy emotions, I began to get a closer look at what I perceive to be the collective shadow. I have met with my own shadow on several occasions, and it has taught me a great many things. I have come to recognize the dark parts of myself as being part of the collective shadow that we all carry. From this place of despair and sadness, the only option is compassion, for that is what our shadow is in desperate need of. We cannot run, we cannot hide, and we can no longer suppress what is coming up for us on a deep level. I realized that we are all in this together, even my shadow self and my light self. And the only way for me to reconcile the depths of these emotions that I feel is to first allow the feelings to actually feel the pain, and then second, to offer compassion from the depths of my soul. Seeing this within myself allows me to be awake to what's going on around me, and it allows me to find a central point of calm and trust in knowing that I can find that place within myself where my shadow and light body is unified and strong, and I can learn to call upon that strength within myself at a moment's notice. Through the process of integrating my shadow, I can stand calm in the midst of a storm and offer compassion to the depths of chaos and madness. Choice, action, miracles. Choice, action, Miracles. Choice. Action. Miracles. And we have a choice between truth or illusion. To choose to buy into the illusion is to live a selfish life, to deny ourselves highest ideal choose truth, then we must ultimately let go of the illusion. If you have any doubts or speculations about why you are here, then you probably haven't found your purpose. It starts by asking, why are we here? What are we here to do? What is our purpose? How do I go about doing this? 
You see, the Maya holders have done a great job at keeping us distracted and therefore unconcerned about these questions. It is our belief that a critical mass are waking up and preparing the world to assist in a transition to a higher consciousness, which comes by asking these questions, comes by recognizing our innate purpose. This is a powerful time we are living in, and we must make a choice. Once we've made the choice, your soul will guide you into the purpose for which you were born. That is our greatest service, and again, awakens pure potential in all of us to manifest what seems impossible. When we can awaken each job, each day in the job to be done with enthusiasm and love, it motivates us in the right action. This action becomes an expression and choice of love, thus allowing miracles to happen naturally. Echoing this statement, let me read again a passage from Gifts from A Course in Miracles. Miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. The real miracle is the love that inspires them. In this sense, everything that comes from love is a miracle. Choice, action, miracles. Choice, action, miracles. And as we close it out, I'll read one more time the quote again from Gifts from A Course in Miracles, the first one that we elaborated on in the beginning of the show. This world is full of miracles. They stand in shining silence next to every dream of pain and suffering, of sin and guilt. They are the dreamer's alternative, the choice to be the dreamer, rather than deny the active role in making up the dream. Intention sets energy into motion. What do you wish manifest. We wish you many blessings, a wonderful evening. Let these thoughts, thoughts generate within you. And we're going to play one more song to close the evening out. This is our song called Sixth Sun. <laughs> 